Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Carl McDuff and I'm delighted to be joined today by author David Heard. He's came on to talk to us today about his new book, his first book actually, 1872, Stories of Rangers Players of Yesteryear. David, thanks very much for joining and welcome to the Gallant Few, mate. It actually is a pleasure to be here, Colin, honestly. Um, thank, and thanks very much for inviting me on, I really appreciate it. No, it's brilliant to have you on and... Um, but, we're going to, it's a, it's a really interesting uh, book and a really interesting concept behind the book um, and we're going to dive straight in there but you know let's uh, let's break the ice a wee bit for the listeners who are you where you come from tell us about your time following Rangers yeah uh, okay Matt. The, the book might say David Heard but everybody calls me Davy so my name's Davy Heard uh, I live in Ardrossan in Ayrshire um I was born in 1963, not long after Rangers Cup Celtic in the in the Scottish Cup final replay, as my dad often reminded me. <laughs> and uh, basically, I've been a Rangers supporter since probably since I was conceived. <laughs> um, my dad was Rangers Rangers daft. He was a regular at iBooks for the late 1940s. Um, one of the first memories I've got actually is him giving me the, a book called Rangers: The New Era by William Allison, which gave me, was a, was a the history of the club up until up until the mid sixties. Um, I was uh, I was the wee guy running about the playground telling folk about Alan Morton and George Young and Moses McNeil and all that kind of stuff. Um, my early Rangers memories, unfortunately, were were pretty unsuccessful because uh, when I started going to see Rangers, it was when Celtic were were winning just about everything. Um, the first trophy I, I remember them winning was the nineteen seventy League Cup final when Derek Johnson, sixteen year old, scored the only goal. I had the picture of Ronnie McKinnon in my, above my bed for years. I'm holding the week Cup. It was the only trophy I did the one until I was about nearly 10 years old, I think. Um, first time I, s- I actually went to a Cup final was 1973 when Tom Forsyth scored the winner against Celtic. Uh, and I don't think I've missed a Cup final since. I don't think I have. 
Um, I'm now a season ticket holder in the in the main stand. Previously, the Coatman Road stand, a season ticket holder. Uh, so, in effect, I've been going to see Rangers for about 50 years. My first game was 1968, a pre-season friendly against Arsenal. It was a two-each draw. That's uh, some... <laughs> can only imagine some of the memories you've got there um, and just to give the listeners a, bit of a background context as well before we were talking uh, before we started recording so you were telling me your first seat in Copeland Road uh, was an orange seat is that right? Yeah yeah, that, that, that was the the multicoloured seats back then uh, my first my first season ticket actually didn't have a, its own seat it was before the days that you had your own seat but uh, when I did get my own seat it was, it was an orange one up the back row U I, I'm guessing I think it was seat 204 but I, I might I might be wrong after all this time, but yeah. So I've 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 seen many a many a great day and many a disappointing one, but um, so part so part of the joy of watching the Rangers. That's it. Uh, you take the good with the bad. Um, so the book itself, David, um, te- tell us a bit about it. Um, hi, and oh, I won't spoil too much for the listeners. No, it's fine. Really... Um, yeah. So. Um, I don't know, but I would say it was about, it must be the best part of 15 years ago when I first joined the follow follow website, the message board. Um, and from the early days that I was in it, I used to like posting the old, the old historic historical article, maybe about a player or a, a game from a long time ago. Um, and over the years, um, quite a number of people on on the website had basically said, you should you should think of turning these into a book at some at some point. So uh, uh, I got made redundant from my job last year, um, so I've now retired. So I thought, do you know what? I think um, I'll actually give this a go and see see if I, see how it turns out. So I, I started the book. I wrote uh, I wrote some chapters, sent them to publisher. Publisher seemed to like it. Said once you finish it, send us send us the final version. So I did that about September time, um, and they agreed to publish it. So it comes out in the first of March. So the the book's called, as you say, eighteen seventy two stories of Rangers players of yesteryear. Uh, the idea behind it is it tells uh, individual stories of of players who at one time played for Rangers, um, and it's really from about the eighteen seventies to the ne- to the very early nineteen fifties. So there's no Jim Baxter in it. There's there's no John Gregg in it. There's no David Cooper in it. Um, they're all too modern, if you like. They've had plenty of books written about them, um, plenty of DVDs and plenty of YouTube clips. Everybody knows all about these guys. Um, what I'm trying to do is trying to go back a bit further than that and bring to life some of the names that um, are at the top of the marble staircase in the Hall of Fame and some that maybe people don't even know ever played for Rangers. Uh, so it's called 18, the reason it's called 1872 is there's 72 biographies in it. So there's 72 players featured in it. And the first 18 in the book all feature, are all members of the Hall of Fame. So there's 18 in the Hall of Fame and 72 in total, which is how it gets its, so it gets its name. So it's not a history of Rangers. It's not the gallant pioneers again. It's not It's not that. It's, it's stories of players that played for Rangers. But by telling their stories, it brings to life lots of old games for the past and, and momentous occasions in the history of the club. And... Actually, I was thinking about this when you sent over the summary of the book and the, you know, some of the more bizarre um, or, um, you know, the, the stranger facts that some of these players um, that yeah. kind of hold, um, hold the title of. 
and I was thinking, like, see the big names you've um, you've spoken about there, your John Gray, your David Cooper, the gallant pioneers. You know, I think it's something we're getting better as as a fan base talking about um, years gone by. But is this just part and parcel of being associated with such a big club that some yeah. people, some players, are going to fall through the cracks? Yeah, well, I think we're, we're really lucky in the fact that we've got a we've got a club who's been successful for so long. So um, the the successes of a long time ago have been replaced by successes that people can remember a lot more readily. So I don't know. So um, the, the great players that under William Wilton in the 19, 1900s, 1910s won lots of trophies as well. But probably the ones have disappeared into the midst of time because there's been so many successes since. I mean, you could, you could if you if you were a supporter of some English clubs, for example, I don't know, um, Blackburn Rovers or Huddersfield or somebody, um, you need to talk about players back then because <laughs> that's the last time you won anything, <laughs> right? So, but in effect, we we um, we we replace success with more success and more success, which makes which makes the, the triumphs of a long time ago more easily forgotten because they've been replaced by other ones. So you mentioned um, that that the idea probably in its infancy started on fall fall you liked uh, to put up a, a wee blog or a story about yeah. something. I've actually seen something of myself and you actually very kindly let us um, uh, post one of the articles on the yeah. episode linked uh, when we spoke about Carl Picano. Um I think that was the end of last year. Um, so how did that was that just about was that a hobby for you or basically how did you come about finding this well I, th- I think I'm a bit of a Rangers anorak so so I, I do tend to like bizarre facts about Rangers I actually, I actually like finding them out if you like it, it kind of mushroomed so it, it's it started off I'll, st- I'll just start off maybe researching about a well known player for the past that I wanted, that maybe wanted to write an article about. So say, I don't know, R.C. Hamilton, the, the great striker for the, the end of the 19th century, start of the 20th century. Um, but then you'll, you'll read about him and you read about a game he played in and there'll be a, another player that played in it that scored the goal. You think, I wonder who he was. Then you'll come up and you'll think, well, you find, my God, he played for Celtic. You know, and so you, you'll, you'll, try, you'll then find out more about him. And it just kind of mushroomed for there. Um, as you, as you research one player, you find other players that either played beside them or played for Scotland with them, or, and then suddenly you get in another rabbit hole and you go and find out about some other player. And then, lo and behold, I actually ended up with, uh, when I first wrote the book, it was actually 90 players that I had. But the, the publisher made me take 18 out because it was too thick. The, the, it was going to be too expensive to print it. So I, I, had, to, I had to take some, some players out. That must have that must have been a killer. That must have been so hard deciding who's making the cut. Yeah, well, actually, what I did was I took everybody out that was after nineteen fifty. That was, that was about, I had I originally had about five or six players from the fifties, and I I, t- I decided to take all them out. And the other ones it was just just a luck. <laughs> In effect, <laughs> apart from the Hall of Fame ones, the Hall of Fame ones were they had to stay because there only was eighteen of them. Right, um, and. Uh, 
I'm kind of laughing to myself when you're talking about the uh, your researcher because I am the world's worst for it, and I think most people will notice like you go down a YouTube hole, like you'll start watching a video mm. of a say a band, a music video, and then suggested video after this. I'm really bad for Wikipedia. I'll go and see who who's the actor that played that character in that film, and then next thing I'm looking at like the etymology of giraffes and stuff, and just hyperlink after hyperlink. <laughs> so doing that with Rangers, it's you know combining your two passions. Uh, one being Rangers, the other one just getting all this random knowledge. It's it must have been, it must have been funny uh, research. Yeah, um, uh, I, I'm trying to think how long the book probably took because I started writing these articles maybe about three years ago, but it was just a hobby and I was only doing them very infrequently. But when when I, when I really I decided I was going to beef up the articles and actually turn them into something that could, pub- could be published. Um, it probably took me about five months, six months. But I was doing it every day. So I had, so, some some players, there's, there's, you need to dig quite deep to, to find find details about them. But, um, it's, but the information's there if, you've, <laughs> if you're determined enough to look for it. So so how do you find the information? Is this just a lot of like, Googling the uh, old, yeah, old records? Yeah, yeah, a lot of it. It's, it's almost all done on the internet. Sometimes there's you get um, Google's got um, a lot of old newspapers in it, old Glasgow Heralds, for example, which you can find uh, um, reports of football games and stuff, uh, which which helped if you were actually talking about a game rather than just say this person scored in it, you can actually see what kind of goal it was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's 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 all basically just been online researched and. Just patience, just um, just trying to piece it all together. So uh, I think um, I mentioned at the start where we're, you know, we are starting to get better at talking about our club's history. Um, and I don't know if it's just because uh, what's happened over the last 10 years made us appreciate what we had the 100 years before or... Maybe that combined with the 150th anniversary coming up. So, you know, you, we've got the Founders Trail, we've got the... Yep. The Rangers Museum stuff coming up. You know, did did you approach the club or anything or any other fans or it was um yeah, well there's not not so much the content, the actual words, the kind the chapters, not so much that, but I did reach out to a few folks to try and get pictures because it's really difficult to get pictures of players that played in the eighteen nineties and things like that. It's actually quite hard to find them. Um, I, I contacted David Mason, the, the Rangers historian, um, who, to be honest, didn't he didn't supply me. He gave me some advice as to where to look and stuff like that, but he didn't actually supply anything as such. The people who were the most help to me were definitely Ian and Gordon for the Founders Trail. Um, they were absolutely brilliant, and they've provided me with almost about half the pictures that I've ended up using in the book. Um, in fact, there was so much help that I decided to the 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 proceed any proceeds I make from the book, which probably won't be all that much to be honest with you, because contrary to public opinion, authors first time authors don't actually earn very much for for books. But um, whatever whatever I do earn, fifty uh, percent it's going to go to the Restoration of Rangers Graves project that the that the Founders Trail run. Actually, uh, they've, they've already um, t- put new plaques or gravestones at two or three of the players who featured in the book, um, and hopefully this might help do a few more. 
that I, I think I'll speak on behalf of everybody listening, David, that that's a, it's a, it's a really generous and kind gesture uh, that you're doing there. It is a really important project. I remember when Ian and Gordon came on, uh, I think it was towards the end of last year, we had an interview with them and, you know, just talking about how important that... It, how important that project is and how much work they, they put in there. It's aye, it's a absolute noble cause, so well done in that. Yeah, and um I know that the one of one of the players featured in the book is actually the the first of a uh, league league and cup winning captain Rangers ever had. Um a guy called David Mitchell, who was from Kilmarnock, which is quite close to where I where I stay. Um and I know the Founders Trail guys are coming down to have a look at his resting place soon and I'm, I'm going to meet them there and um, hopefully I'll have some money for them by that time hopefully <laughs> fingers crossed fingers crossed for you mate um, uh, I, I don't know I, I don't know how well that will go down with the listeners that first time offers don't make too much money so that's uh, well, <laughs> if you want me to tell you I'm, it's, <laughs> I, I, the, the deal I've got is 50 pence a book 50 so, pence a book so well listeners I, there'll be a link a, a link at the bottom of this episode <laughs> Get clicking it. <laughs> yeah, so a uh, hundred book gets me fifty quid. So I'm, 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 I don't, I don't think I'm going to flee the country. Put it that way. I don't think I'm going to become a, a tax exile. <laughs> no, yeah. Anyway, mate. Um, but it sounds as if uh, there's potentially maybe a, a same book. Um, well, st- enough stories for a same book if you've had to kill the the first. Uh, yeah. Well, I've, I've actually started another book. Um, I'm, but it's, I, I'm, I'm not going to go back as far the next time. Um, we can do a rabbit hole here, but um, some of my favourite memories of Rangers is watching Rangers in the League Cup, League Cup finals, League Cup semi finals. Um, and I, I decided I was going to write a book of every successful League Cup campaign we've had because Rangers have won it more, more than, than anyone else, they've won it 27 times. So the next book, if the publisher accepts it, is going to be a history of those 27 League Cup campaigns from first round right through to the final. Um, and the, the forward for that one if it gets accepted for publication, has already been written. It's been written by Gordon Smith. Uh, wow. I, I approached Gordon on it because he scored the winning goal in the first League Cup final we played in for Rangers against Celtic in 1978. So he's kind of like written a forward for it. Uh, I just hope it gets accepted for publication. Now. Amazing. And that's, you know, not to digress too much in this end, because we're welcome back to um, the 1872 stories of the yesteryear, but on the League Cup, it's such a special connection we do have uh, as a support and I think it, it must just be because we've won that so often since its inception now even speaking to my dad he sees the League Cup as a, as a Rangers tournament uh, it's just great memories mm. from it mm. um, so a lot younger than my dad I see the same people of all ages will have that connection with Rangers in the League Cup so that's, that sounds like another class idea you've got coming yeah well, like I said to you at the start the first trophy I remember is winning was Derek Johnson's goal in the League Cup final and then it's it's yeah it's been really it's been a big part of watching Rangers ever since 1970. So yeah. So on the the actual stories and biographies themselves. So we want to keep yep. the the mystery alive for the listeners. <laughs> so we don't want to, don't want to spoil too much. But what um what stories or things that you researched really jumped out and surprised you the most? Is there any? Any favourite yeah, ones? Um, oh, there's, there's, so the, the, there's all kinds of different 
types of story in it. So obviously the Hall of Fame section is really about players who had brilliant Rangers careers. So that that first section of the book is it's nearly all about Rangers players who not just about the other games in it are all Rangers games and um, and amongst that that section um, I don't know if it surprises as such, but certainly there's there's two of them that have got quite a close connection to Celtic in our Hall of Fame, which which is unusual. Um, there's one player who started his career at Celtic, get released, uh, went down the divisions, Bill picked him up for a song a year later, and he ended up winning 14 major trophies with Rangers. Um, and there's another one who who was the Rangers captain after Davy Meikle, John. He was given the, the honour of captain of Rangers after that. Uh, he was... And a mainstay of the team already through the thirties, and his his son's a Lisbon Lion. Wow! <laughs> so so there's 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 all kinds of strange little connections with Celtic throughout the book, which is I never really thought would happen. Um, you've got players in the second section. Some of them should be in the Hall of Fame, in all honesty, because the the Rangers careers stand comparison with loads of players who are already in that Hall of Fame. But you have other ones who didn't actually succeed at Rangers, but who then done something notable elsewhere. Um, and there's a few of them with Celtic connection as well. I've even got a there's a player who was signed from Celtic, who became a, the captain of the club, and who ended up being a director at Rangers. And yet he started his he, we actually got him from Celtic. Um, so there's, there's there's all kinds of weird and wonderful things in there. There's a guy who was the, the first team trainer under Bill Struth in the 20s. He's the only player in history to play for Rangers, Celtic, Manchester United and Manchester City. Wow. So, the, you know, there's, there's all kinds of connections run through it um, to other clubs as well. But what's important is they all played, they all played their other team. That's the important. Aye, that's, the, that's the biggest thing. There's two stories that um, when you... When you sent over a kind of snapshot of some of the what some of the biographies included, you know, yeah. I don't, we don't know the names of the players, but I don't know them yet. But two stories I want to ask you about, because I'm actually really looking forward to reading about these uh, myself. And I want to know, did um, did these did you find these two stories by chance, or just something that you knew you wanted to go back and Google? So the first one, the Victorian era. Jim Baxter, and the second one, the the right. little known Rangers backup player whose grandson played in the club's greatest ever triumph. Is that just something you found along the way? These two players? Uh, no, the the first one. So so one of the one of the, one of the the teams. You know, if you were you're a you're a time machine, you wish you could go back. You could see something for for the Rangers past. Uh, one of the, probably the, apart from the gallant pioneers, probably the first stop I would want to make would be the team that. They never dropped a point through the whole league season when they're winning every game in 1898-99. And there's, there's there's a number of players in the book who who played in that in that that Rangers team, that unbeatable Rangers team. Um, and your Victorian era, Jim Baxter was a was a chap called Neely Gibson, who was the the wing half in that great Rangers team of. 1898-99 and the reason he's the Victorian era Jim Baxter not just because he was meant to have been a very similar player to Baxter and that uh, he was quite he was quite arrogant he was very skillful he liked to take the mickey out of opponents and, you know, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was a Baxter type player but not just that he, he masterminded one of the most famous victories ever over England when he played for Scotland 
which is what Baxter did as well. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever um, seen the, the time Scotland played England when they, when they wore the racing colours, the sort of pink and uh, yellow racing yeah. colours. That was in 1900. Um, well, Neil Gibson was the man of the match that day. He he pulled the strings and Scotland beat England four one. And that that was that was one of the but up until the, the Wembley Wizards in nineteen twenty eight, that was the Scotland victory that was always talked about over England. And he was the he was the, the midfield we call it midfield in those days. He was the midfield general of that day. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. So he was the, he was the, he was the Jim Baxter at his time. Wow. Um, the second one um, is a chap called William Yule, uh, who played for Rangers from about 1908 to 1910. Um, he was only really a reserve. He was never really a first-team regular. He did play a couple of times against Celtic and the Rangers won both games. But he gave up the game... Quite early on, he gave up. He left. He left football completely because of his religious beliefs. He was. He had some very strict religious beliefs. Um, some kind of brethren he joined. Kind of shut himself away from society. Anyway, his grandson uh, is Tommy McLean, who obviously played in, in 1972 in Barcelona. There you go. And that one. Did Did you know that um, about? Uh, they, them being uh, grandson and grandfather, or was that just something that you you came across? Uh, I didn't, I didn't always know it. No, uh, it was something I found out in the, when I was casting my net around to see to see what players I could I could find out more about. Um, it was a, it was almost a little bit by chance, and it was a there was a Rangers Celtic game. I was I was I was looking up for another player. And when I saw the team line up, I didn't recognise this name, William Yule, so I thought I'd look him up. And lo and behold, it turned out, when you, when you Google him, you find out it's Tommy McLean's granddad. Wow, it's, it's unbelievable, isn't it? It's just um, uh, the, the connection going back, and even talking about Nelly, Gib- uh, Nelly Gibson there as well, um, the Victorian era, Jim Baxter, I think, I think that's fascinating. The, the, 
the similarities between him and Baxter even on the international stage as well as the Rangers yeah. stage. Uh, another thing about uh, Neil Gibson was um, he had one of these family connections as well. His, his son was, uh, was a Wembley Wizard in 1928. So the dad was the the, played in the first really famous win over England, then then the son played in the next really famous win over England. They beat uh, England five one at Wembley. Amazing, amazing. Um, so, wait, well, what's, ama- what's amazing is that it's our club that's amazing. But <laughs> the, the, the reason we have got all these stories is because we've got such an incredible history of a football club. Is, I'm quite sure I could, if if I really tried, I could probably get another seventy two and and do one one of these all over again. That's just what I was about to say. That it's amazing, but you know, it's quite quite overwhelming. Just that this isn't even a, a smidgen uh, what you're covering in terms of history. It's like you know, not even a ten percent. Uh, all the players that have come through and made a difference to the club. Um, so it's amazing, just overwhelming to comprehend the the scale that everybody's that, that's pulled on that jersey. Yeah, and and obviously. Um because I've picked them from the era that I have, the, the hope is that these are stories that most people haven't heard before. There will there'll be some people. I mean, the, the Hall of Fame section, obviously, the, the players in that are, are more well-known than the, the non-Hall of Fame section. So I would imagine most of the players in the, in the first section of the book, most range supports will know something about them. They might not know the detail that I'll, that I'll go into in, in their careers, but they'll... I don't. I, I, who's who's in the first one? So um, Doogie Gray, for example, I've got Doogie Gray in the book. So he's he played over nine hundred times for Rangers. I mean, I'd like to think most people would, would will, will know of Doogie Gray, considering he, he spent twenty two years at the club and he played over nine hundred games. Um, incredibly, in nine hundred games, he only ever scored twice, and they were both penalties. So he's he actually never scored from open play, despite the fact he played nine hundred odd games for Rangers, which is, I think I think incredible. That's aye. Fair play to him for um, having the having the balls really to go up and take penalties if um, it wasn't an actual goal scorer. Ah, I don't know what I don't know why he took the two penalties because he only he took two in the one season and then never took them again. I've absolutely no idea. Some somebody must have been missing the games. I think. There's your idea uh, for your third book, Dougie Gray's two penalties sorted. <laughs> so. Kind of touched on it a few times um, through this pod, and it, it'd be good to, I'd be keen to get your thoughts on it, Davy. Um, well, we're getting better at talking about the larger, wider history. Um, yeah. At the, wait, like, amongst the supporters, but I think it does really come from the support and guys like yourself, uh, the founders who yeah, are going I, in and doing think- that research. I think, I think the museum is going to help greatly. Um, it's something that I've been wanting Rangers to do for I don't know how long. Um, it's brilliant that they're, they're finally actually now going to have that museum. The, the, the bee that I've always had in my bonnet is that um, we've got the, 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 the founder stuff, the gallant pioneer stuff has been getting talked about for a while now. But it tends to then jump straight to Bill Struth. There, there seems to be this big hole from, I don't know, 1880 to about 1920 that the William Wilton years, you might call them. Uh, I think he, he was every bit as uh, influential in the history of Rangers as Bill Struth was. But for, for whatever reason, he doesn't seem to, his era doesn't seem to get covered anywhere near as much. And and that means there's some incredible players don't get talked about that should do. And 
so my next question that I, I wanted to wanted, wanted to ask you was what what would you want to see in the museum? Because we know the big finds that's going to be covered. We know the the nine in a row, the cup winners' cup, um, the fifty five, and you know there's all the all the trebles we've had, the league cup successes. Yeah. Is it the that you know first half of the twentieth century that when the club really has to focus a bit more on? I think yeah. So. I keep going back to this 1899 team, 1898, 1919. Rangers should make so much more of that. Um, we made a big thing against through the season undefeated last year. But imagine going through a season without dropping a point. I mean, why, why, why that team's name isn't up in lights already? I've got absolutely no idea. The first ever league winning team, the first ever Scottish Cup winning team. We should, we should make big things of them. We took Rangers 20 years to win the Scottish Cup. We should that that first Scottish Cup one should be something again. It's there's something up in lights for me. Um, I well, William Wilton for me. I, I hope there's a big thing about William Wilton. Uh, you know they talk about your Rangers Mount Rushmore. Who, who, what four faces would you would you put on there? For me, William Wilton's. If you don't include the Gallant Pioneers because they they, they are, there's four of them. If if you just take them to one side. Um, Wilton and Struth absolutely have to be there. They, they, they moulded, they created the, the club that we, that we know. So if the Gallant Pioneers have their own mountain for themselves and your Mount Rushmore is Struth and Wilton, who's the other two? Just out of curiosity. Oh, Jesus. No. Put uh, you on the spot there, eh? Oh, I would have a bit. Probably two captains it would need to be, probably. So David Meikle, John and John Gregg, probably. And there's, I think you could ask a hundred people uh, for the the thoughts and that, and get a hundred different variations. But oh, I without think doubt, that's, without I think doubt. that's just testament to the characters and personalities and important figures we've had through our history. It's unbelievable, really. I, like I said earlier on, we've got a unique club. We've got a unique club that um, has done unique things and has been doing unique things for an awful long time, and we should make a. We should make a song and dance about it as much as we possibly can because uh, nobody else will. I know, and you know, as a you know, as a fan and somebody who is interested in learning more, like it's, I, I want to extend my thanks. I'm sure I speak on behalf of most of the listeners, listening as well. Thank you for putting this effort in and doing the oh. doing the groundwork for for us to to learn a bit more. And it goes to the same with the founders' trail and all the other Absolutely. guys. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I mean, I know Ian and Gordon, obviously, the founders' trail, and it's it's, it's a little bit off. I mean, it, it's it doesn't people say. I, I tell people I'm I'm never an author, and they think I'm not an author. But I'm not really an author. I'm just a Rangers fan that just likes to write things down. <laughs> it's quite simple, really. So, the book itself, when yeah. does it come out and how can the listeners get a copy? It comes out on the 1st of March. Uh, it's actually available to pre-order now. Um, it is a little bit expensive. I didn't set the price. I can only apologise. It's, it's £16.99. Nine, nine pence more than I wanted it to be. Sixteen ninety would be an ideal. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's from a publisher called JMD Media. So if if you just go to their website, JMD Media, it's in the coming soon section. It's in there for pre-order. Or else you can wait till the first of March, and it will be available in Amazon and just about everywhere else. And actually, I think there's a website called the Book Depository. I've noticed has now got it for pre-order as well. 
and they're offering ten percent off plus pre free postage. So if you're going to get it, you could save yourself a couple of quid by going on to that one instead. There you go. It's uh, not not only is he telling you the fabulous content, spoiling something already, he's telling you <laughs> the cheapest place to get it. I well, that is a bit dear. Yeah. I, I, I was a wee bit disappointed when when they set the price. I didn't think it would quite as much as that. But I'm I'm told it's because of the the printing cost because it's 250 pages and there's a lot of pictures on it. So hey, maybe maybe that's maybe it's just the way it goes. And if I, if I, um, for thickos like me who needs a bit of visual to break up as well, I'll, I'll be looking forward to that. Um, I'll maybe I'll maybe get the book done in uh, three months and see the phone now. For some well, actually, some something that, um, somebody else said to me about the book, which I hadn't actually thought about, was um, it's not like a story you've got to read for cover to cover in order. You can read it whatever way you like, because it's 72 individual stories. You can just dip in and out it as any way you like. Um, you don't need to read it from chapter 1 to chapter 72 you can you can flick through and just see what one's interesting because the each each chapter is the name of the person but it's also got what makes them famous so so for example in the hall of fame section there'll be one that will say the player who scored the winning goal in front of the ibooks record crowd for so if, if you want to read about the record crowd at ibooks then you might just go to that section if you be the, the captain of Rangers' first ever league winning team. So if you want to read about the first time they won the league, go to that. So you don't need to read it in order. You can read it any way you like. And uh, uh, some I've not actually thought of until you mentioned that there as well. I think it's great to hear about the players themselves and what they've done. And just kind of going back to that article you put up about Carl Picarna. Um, it's not just interesting reading about the players, but the context behind the team they were playing in, um, the what was going on at Rangers at that time as well. That's it's always fascinating. Yeah, and and by covering, I think the the the, the longest the goal player in the book actually played with the Gallant Pioneers. He played in the very first. He's in that Gallant Pioneers picture that everybody that everybody sees. Um, he he played in Rangers' first two Scottish Cup finals. He played the first one at left back, and he played the second one in goals. So that's an unusual story, but it also tells the story of those really early days with Moses McNeil and, and Tom Valance and all the people that, uh, without actually telling you the history of Rangers. It's not history of Rangers, but you get the stories of these old cup finals in it anyway. Uh, uh, I can't think of very many left backs that are as versatile as that. A shot, a shot of left back and a shot in goals. <laughs> don't see Barisic doing that these days. Oh, um, my, old, my old man used to tell me a story about a game he was at the Tynecastle with Bobby Shearer went in goal. Um, we beat Hearts. And I might be, he played 80 minutes in goals because boy, Billy Ritchie got injured. I'm sure somebody listening will probably be able to tell us what year it was. 1961 or thereabouts, probably. There you go. That's So. Davey, that's been that's been fascinating to come on uh, and and talk to you, mate. Um, really appreciate you coming on and oh, telling us about your book. Um, just echoing what David was saying there, all the links uh, to where you can get the book pre-order and ordering it at the time. It'll be on the episode link uh, for wherever you're you're listening to this, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, or whatever. Then you know it'll be up in your Twitter post and stuff as well. But Davey, um, thanks very much for coming on, mate. No, it's been an absolute pleasure, Colin, and best of luck to you with your, with your podcasting, and I'll certainly be 
watching you in the future. <laughs> no, no, and good luck with the book launch when it comes up, and you know, no pressure. Good luck with the setting book as well uh, when it's when it's coming out. No, no problem. It was good to talk to you. Uh, I hope the listeners have enjoyed it. Yeah, I uh, hope they've enjoyed it as, as much as me. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Take care. We are the people.